Mrs. Jones. Yes, Mr. Jones. In your messy bun. Yes. And your shirt that says messy bun coffee hugs mom life. Mom life. I want to redeem at least one of them later. One hugs. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Well, the only other things to redeem are uh, coffee and mom life. (laughs) Yeah. Episode 257. Yeah. Um, We've got a lot to catch up on. We do. Because it feels like our life has picked up to a pace that I remember it being pre-pandemic. Yes. Tell us what's been happening in the last week. I went and did a women's retreat with like my favorite ladies up in St. Louis. They're my St. Louis family. Haven't you done that women's retreat like 149 times in a row? No, no. I mean, I haven't been in like two or three years, three years, I think. But I did like seven years in a row or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was so great what did you do? to be back with them. We did the Father Heart. They wanted me to come and just, you know, go back to what we did the very first time and talk about the Father Heart. And it was it was wonderful. You took a team of ladies with you? I did. Wonderful team. They did great. Uh, prophesied up a little storm. and But, I mean, mostly it was just I love those ladies. They're, they're, so, they're so great. That's wonderful. Yeah. While so. you were away... Yeah. Abby and Tia were away on a youth retreat to uh, the Okoe River. Is that yeah. right? Where yeah. they went white water rafting. Where Tia dumped out of the raft and Shaylee saved her. Thank you, Shaylee, for that. Appreciate it. We love you. Yeah. Uh, and so while you, uh, that just meant all the girls in the house were away. Yeah. So me and MJ were very sad. You, uh, we might mention this on the podcast before. Wednesday night is bro night at the Jones household. Yes. Because... You are often teaching and a Wednesday MJ night class. Lives for bro night. Yeah, yeah. And the girls have youth on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. So when MJ figured out, you know, we, me, and him were going to be home all weekend. He wanted a bro weekend. Mm. So I thought this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. I, I said, "Son, write down everything you want to do." And he came up with an amazing list, a killer list. But my favorite one was that he wanted to sit shirtless, watch a movie, and drink beer. <laughs> Which is funny because neither of us drink beer. So no. I don't know where he got that idea from. No. Yeah. But so he inquired with me. He's like, can I actually drink beer? I was like, buddy, not till you're 21. So we could drink root beer. He's like, oh, yeah, that would work. So I went and got a four pack of Virgil's root beer, which he'd never had before. Right. And he liked it. And then, truth to his words, we took off our shirts and watched a movie while drinking root beer. <laughs> but then it was so okay. cold. Yeah. He got under a blanket. And I was like, can I just put my shirt back on? He's like, yeah. <laughs> We had so much fun. That. You know, we had like, you know, he had play dates set up. We had a gaming marathon set up. We had, uh, he, he helped me. He went to DeSanos. Oh, yeah. Well, he already knew all the food places he went to. He helped me clean out the garage and I paid him. And he said, this was a valuable lesson, Daddy. I learned that you can do manual labor for money. I was like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> Which he immediately spent on V-Bucks because he's in the Fortnite at the moment. And then Mr. Bill taught him how to shoot. He went out and he, Mr. Bill had a BB gun yeah. and taught MJ how to shoot. Anyway, it was a great weekend of boy. The way you said BB gun, you're like BB gun. Like, I I thought you were going to say like BB 8. How should I say? BB instead of BB. You like, I don't know. (laughs) Was it my intonation? I should have gone down. BB. Yeah, BB. Rather than BB. (laughs) He had a BB gun. (laughs) That was was last weekend. Yeah. And then this weekend, we've, you know, it's often been said about me that I'm a man of the woods. Okay. <laughs> yes, it has. And I just lived in my natural habitat. A man habitat. of the trailer video games of the woods. <laughs> this week, we as a family went and spent a week in 
uh, one of our state parks. Yes. We rented an RV. I, I should back up. It started out as camping. It do, did. Do you remember? We yeah. would camp in the rustic spots. We did. Yeah. And then we realized, oh, that's all I knew about. We're camping in rustic spots. Yeah. No electricity, no running water, nothing. Right. Then we Which realized. Does, it is lovely, but it's so much more work. So much more work. And you're like lugging all your stuff in, lugging all your stuff back out, like just Well, nightmare. then we realized there's spots that you can just park at. Yes. And there's a level ground and you just pop up your tent. Yeah. And there's electricity. And that changed the game for us camping. Yeah. We're like, oh, we can do like one night, even if we just have one night. Cause, That's great. Because, you know, drive up, drive out. And then when we realized that we were there, there was lots of people in RVs. And we were like, huh, I wonder oh. where you can get RVs from. And you discovered Outdoorsy.com. Yes. Which is basically like Airbnb where you yeah. rent other people's RVs. Yeah. And so the last couple of times we've just gone to RVing. Yes. Which is, at that point, you're not really camping. You might not be. I spend the whole day outside. Where do you spend the nighttime? In Inside an air conditioned queen size bed. Yes. At which well, point? That is not you're a queen size bed, my friend. Was it not? What no, was it? that it's more like a full. If, if that's smaller a queen, than a king. I'll eat my left foot. Don't I, eat your left foot. I'm partial to your left foot. <laughs> my um, acquaintance with your knee in my back or your elbow in my face all night long, <laughs> that's no queen. <laughs> but RVing is weird. Like at one point, I thought. Like, it's a weird concept because you leave your house to go stay in a place that's way less nice than your house. Yes. Uh, with none of the easy comforts that you have at home, like, say, fast internet. And you eat not as well as you do. Like, it's basically, like, one point I woke up. I beg your pardon. We had filet mignon while we were away. <laughs> we right. sous vide it. We brought our sous vide. And had really good steak. <laughs> did you want to? Did you want to? Like other people, they probably don't camp the way we camp. The reason we need to bring two vehicles is because we bring things like our sous vide with us. Gee, <laughs> at one point, really commented on us embracing the rustic nature of camping. As I think at that point, MJ and I had stayed indoors all day, just played on the Nintendo Switch on a flat screen TV. Yeah. Where I was going to is at some point, you know, you've got a family of five in a room, in a space. I don't think there's a room in our house that's as small as this space no, it's RV true. that it's five true. people are in. Yeah. And at one point... And we would ep- never sign up to be five days in that room. And after day two, I'm looking around going, this feels like a college dormitory. Like it's There's stuff just everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Empty chip packets. But anyway, on paper... That as a vacation doesn't sound restful. No. Did you want to talk about your um, iPhone controlled fire? Oh, I think we've covered that before. Uh-huh. I think we've talked about that yep. before. Yep. Bluetooth controllable fire is amazing. Yeah. And we is. also brought our Sonos outdoor speaker. And yeah. My point is, you wouldn't think on paper that camping would be restful. Yeah. But actually, it's highly restful. Oh, I love it. It's a lot of work, though. Loading and unloading. The loading cars. and unloading, yes. But then once you get there, there's not a house to clean or anything that's yelling at you. It's just like... Nothing? There's kids yelling all the time. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, that's different. You've got that's nice different headphones kind of. and you could ignore them. <laughs> so, yeah, I I loved it. You I, stayed in a hammock for most uh, of the time. I spent a couple of days in a hammock, spent one whole morning. I brought my chair right down by the water. I saw that. Yeah, I spent a lot of time outside. I think what I love about that is oh, everybody, as soon as they get to the campsite, know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So MJ goes down and throws rocks in water. You go to a hammock. 
I, Tia spent most of her time in a hammock, she too. Did. Just yeah, the two of us absolutely in a hammock. Did. And then I'll sit by a fire. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Last night was cold, though. We were, yeah. like, dedicated. Like, we are going to spend time by this fire. And I ended up wrapping up in a yeah, sleeping bag, and it was... Yeah. Pardon? But we went through so much wood last night. Yes. Anyway. Did you just call me a camping? lightweight? Lightweight, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, that was a Scottish heat wave last night. You're like, <laughs> oh, it's so cold. I'm like, it's a light breeze at best. It was cold. You had to put the heat on last it night. It was like 40 degrees. I don't know what that means. Okay. Cold. Um, I got a new video game. You, I don't know if you've noticed a new video game. I had noticed, yeah. Yeah. D- yeah. Tell the people uh, what it makes you feel when I'm playing that video stressed. game. So stressed. So stressed. So stressed. Just um, even just the sound, like you can tell when you're in sections where there's this robot that's trying to kill you, EMMR. and the sound is different. And I'm literally like, ah, uh. like I will put on my my headphones and just put in like block out sound just to not hear that. It's a game called Metroid Dread, which I know nothing about. I just there was another two games I really loved: Ori in the Blind Forest and Ori in the Will of the Wisp, which I loved, and that genre of game the metroid series kind of pioneered it hmm. so i thought well if i like this i'll like that it is unforgiving actually i think metroid prime means just die over and over and over again i don't think i've ever died so many times in a video game and it is ruthless and it's only been out for a week and somebody's already 100 percented it i think in like two and a half hours they completed it in one and a half hours i still haven't finished it i'm nowhere near close to 100 percenting it either yeah, but that it, was a good. Thing. I don't go even. To the woods and play I like watch games. it and go. There's no part of me that wants to play this game. It stresses me out. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're back, relaxed, not stressed out. Yeah. So we had a great time camping. Indeed, we did. We did. When this episode comes out, yes, comes out on a Monday, which means you've only got about three days to sign up for something called the Boundaries Academy. Boundaries Academy is an opportunity for you to get live coaching with me, all about boundaries in your own life. So you've heard us talk about boundaries before in the podcast, episode 25 and 236, I think, from memory. I'll put a link in the show notes to the proper ones. But boundaries is this incredibly effective tool at helping you manage your limitations. Like yes. every human has limitations. It is impossible for you to meet everybody's needs. And so if you don't have boundaries, the only way to prevent yourself from being burnt out is avoid people who are needy or just say yes to the people that you're too scared of saying no to. Both scary alternatives. Really yeah. scary options. So actually understanding boundaries gives you back some of that power to manage your limitations really well and to help you honor other people's limitations. Yeah. In a nutshell, boundaries help you say no and hear no without entering in a paralyzing fear. So good. I'm not even wearing a weird shirt and you're I, tuning out. You what, what it is? Where are you? It's... it's that you're wearing the gray shirt that matches your gray hair, and I just kind of want to jump you, that's all. <laughs> just... Maybe we need to do a different course. <laughs> but anyway, the Boundaries Academy, yeah. it's built on the Boundaries course that we've done. You you watch some videos during the week. You meet with me on Saturdays for about an hour. For five weeks in a row, I'm going to help you apply all that teaching. And with Thanksgiving coming up, with Christmas coming up, these are usually stressful times of the year. I want to help lower your anxiety in relationships and increase the health of your relationships. So if you'd like to do that, you've only got a couple of days. Wednesday, 27th of October is when the Boundaries Academy closes. Good. But what about the masterclass? (gasps) The masterclass. 
probably am I get into trouble for saying this. Probably the f- my favorite thing I've done this year is run the Boundaries Masterclass. Yeah, I, I know it. that because you would get so excited when it was about to start. It's, and- it's such a privilege to create space for people to explore the story. Yeah, and that's what I did. We we did the masterclass in July of this year, in, in the summer anyway. Yeah, in the summer we did the Boundaries Masterclass. I loved it. I can only take five students at a time. I've decided to run it again in the fall, and I, it, it's. A pretty big commitment, some, some intense work. It basically takes everything I just told you about boundaries. Yeah. takes all the work that we've uh, talked about last year about feelings, yeah. puts them together, and helps you explore your story. How has your story been written such that boundaries has either helped you or hindered you? Mm. Like having no boundaries. Like where is having no boundaries shown up? Where is it stolen thing from you? Can you get in touch with it? How do you want to live life differently? Yeah. Uh, the reason I limit it to five students is I want to give plenty of space for people to process their story. So good. Uh, we're using group dynamics. I love it. If you would like to be part of this year's cohort, five students, again, applications for the Boundaries Masterclass closes Wednesday, October 27th. I'd love you to do it with me. It's such a joy. You remember how giddy I was. Yes. You, And then you'd get off the call and be equally giddy afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. And I would love you to come do it with me too. Perfect. All right. Our main topic for this week. Last week, we talked about five things we didn't know about marriage. Mm. And I had a lot of fun doing that. Yes. This week, we're going to talk about five things we didn't know about having kids. Okay. Are you going to go first? Because I went first last week. Okay. That seems fair. Uh, five things. Yes. Are yours written down or are you just pulling five things out of your head? Uh, no, I've written them down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I might just have to checking. look at my notes to remember okay. which order they came okay. in. Number one was I once heard a prophet say this cryptic phrase every baby arrives with a loaf of bread under their arm oh that's good do you remember that yeah yeah so jamie galloway friend of ours wonderful prophet he's prophesying over some friends of ours richard and michelle Mm. and he said that phrase and i asked him jamie what does it mean every baby arrives with a loaf of arm a loaf of bread under their arm because i have to say having given birth to three babies i didn't see any loaves of bread he was talking about every baby arrives with the provision it needs yeah and i would say Again, before we discuss this, we are not saying that we're experts at parenting. Oh, and yes, we're we not. And we have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 8-year-old. Yes. So there's a whole lot of parenting we haven't we even haven't stepped done yet. into yet. Yep, yep, yep. But with that said, I would absolutely agree with that statement that every child arrives with a loaf of bread. Yeah. And so the finances, the emotional capacity, the mental energy – the physical sustenance you need as a parent, mm. I did not know that that would be provided. And I remember, I was thinking about this this week. Yeah. What, what were you going to well, say? I, was I just saw your thinking, eyebrows. I was thinking, I remember when we used to be stressed about, like, we had Abigail, and we found out you're, you're pregnant with Tia. And I was like, am I going to have enough love for Tia? Serious question. Like, you know, like, is it po- possible to love another human being as much as I love Abigail? Yeah. Is and having then, Tia going to take away love from Abby? Right. Or, like, yeah. And then, you know, by the time MJ comes along, you're just like, hey, the more the merrier. Like, your your heart just expands. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. I was going to say about, I remember when we found out you were pregnant, we didn't yet know Abigail was going to be a girl. Mm. And I remember having somewhat crippling fear it was going to be a boy and I wouldn't know what to do. Because I was the only boy. I grew up with three sisters. I was like, I actually know how it would be with girls. I don't know how it would be with boys. I, it's not that I wasn't confident in my masculinity or my manhood, 
there was just so many things I hadn't worked out yet in my head about me as a man and can I pass on those lessons to a son. Do you remember that? Yes. Do you remember I had that? Yeah. And again, you know, Abigail was there and then Tia was there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I had more inner healing or whether the Lord just spoke peace to my heart or I realized that the first two it went well with. Mm-hmm. But I remember when MJ came, I remember being settled in my heart. But I remember not being settled in my heart when Abigail was coming. Like, what if I can't? And of course, I didn't know that right. a loaf of bread comes. Yeah. That was number one. Love it. This is where I have to look at my notes because, you know, I thought I could remember them, but... I jot them down. See, I'm a firm believer that your mind is for having ideas, not holding on to them. So I write down everything so I don't have to remember them. Right? Number two, (gasps) praise God for this one, is kids are incredibly resilient. Yes. I, I I don't think I was aware of that. But like emotionally, even physically, they're super resilient. Yep. I've got they're robust. I've got this one of the scariest videos ever. We had some friends who will remain nameless staying at our house mm-hmm. and they had a very small child. Oh, I can't under two, maybe one, one and a half. Yeah. Is probably. walking. But we have a flight of stairs with cameras all over our house. And I just hear this scream as an older sister screams watching her younger sister literally go, cartwheel go, down go, the flight of stairs go, to the hardwood floors. Yeah. And I've got it all on video, and I watched it, and I'm I'm amazed that she was okay because just perfectly fine. Horrible to watch oh, it. It was horrible. terrifying, but it still makes me sick. I remember you sending the video like a couple of months ago, like, "Hey, do you remember this little nugget?" And you sent it to them, and I I can't watch it. Yeah, but in the same way that your kids are, you know, more resilient than mm. I would imagine. I'm just so grateful that kids are really emotionally resilient as in i think about the times like my my saddest regret as a parent is times where i've said the wrong thing been impatient you know snapped you know but what i've realized and what i've learned from history is that if you humble yourself if you go your kids if you own your mistake if you apologize if you ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. i don't think we ever taught them like you know forgiveness is good and you need to and like, you have to but yeah. Even before we ever explained why forgiveness was important, they were so generous in their in their forgiveness and in their giving nature. Yeah, that's and one I'm, of mine too on my list. Did you see all my notes? No. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> that's what you said to me last week. So yeah, just the resilience of kids I love. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, num- number three. Oh, I love this. I remember once watching an interview with Graham Cook. Mm. And he was asked a question about parenting. I don't really remember the answer. But I remember him saying this phrase about... You know, one of the things he's loved about parenting is that you need different parenting skills for different seasons of your kids' lives, Mm. like just in the natural ages. Yeah. And I've loved every age of parenting. Again, we have 14, 12, and 8-year-old. Yeah. And I've loved that it requires different things. I love that we're navigating. How do you parent a 14-year-old? Because you certainly don't parent them like an Mm 8-year-old. And you don't parent them like a 12-year-old. And sometimes they need something in one season of the day and sometimes they need yeah 14 to- feels tricky because they're not really you know she, she's she's still a little girl in some ways and in some ways she's she's not no nope, she's an know. adult and just leave me alone and you know yeah i mean so yeah. learning that is is fun i mean i for i was gonna say my favorite stage is four-year-old i don't think it is i think my favorite stage is whatever age your kids are at, at the moment but yeah i loved when kids were four yeah. Uh, or our kids were four. Yeah. There was just such a cute phase. But I've loved all the different 
sides of having to be a parent. And like, yeah. I wasn't prepared for that. I just thought, you're a, you're a parent. Like, it's a flat, one-dimensional thing. Yeah. And it's not. It no, requires no. completely different and, skills. And really, and completely each different kid seasons. is different. Like, mm-hmm. you, 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 in many ways, you're parenting them the same way or with the same values. Right. But they, because they're different human beings and they respond differently, they actually require... And they uh, all turn out differently. Y- yeah. Number four. Mm. I knew this. I understood this in a concept, but I didn't know it in experience because mm-hmm. I hadn't had kids. Mm-hmm. Chip. Which Chip is the boundaries person? Chip Judd. Yes. Thank you. Chip Dodd is the feelings person. Yeah. Chip Judd is boundaries. Thank you. I remember Chip Judd saying, parenting is the hardest job you'll ever have. Mm. And I remember, this is before we were married, we didn't have kids. I thought, okay, I really trust you. I'll make a mental note of that. Don't quite know what that means. And I don't think it means parenting is the hardest job, like, my gosh, you're constantly fatigued and exhausted and your life gets sucked out of you. In many ways, parenting is like the most rewarding job I've ever had. Like, right. It's amazing. But it's 24-7. It's 24-7. Yeah. And it's hard because you're not your best self 24-7. No. Like, I think even today, I, th- I would say we had a great weekend. Like, from a parenting perspective, this whole week being away mm-hmm. was absolutely wonderful. I really enjoyed being with the kids, sitting on my nerves. It was great. I felt like I showed up really, really well. I'm tearing everything down. I'm packing everything today. And I forget what I'm trying to do. Oh, I'm trying to put one of the tables in the back of the minivan. I've overextended my back. The bit, the, the flattened down uh, table is not going in because it's hitting something. Mm. I'm trying to do that without putting my back out. I can feel it, you know, leveraging. And MJ's just like, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, why don't we have an ice cream sandwich? And I just remember snapping. MJ like, MJ, like, can you... You know, like, can you stop being a child and having needs is basically what right. I, you know, was right, right. trying to say. But, you know, I just snapped. Like, I'm trying to, you know, you know, why aren't you using the wherewithal that you haven't developed yet? Because you're only eight. Like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm frustrated that yeah. you're having needs in my presence. And I just remember, like, oh, I've, I've ruined everything. I've, you know, the, his whole week will be marred by, I would say, the most mental energy I expend pushing away negative thoughts all has to do with parenting. Mm. I, oh, that's like I don't often battle negative thoughts. Right. Like I have a fairly positive out, out, outlook on life, but probably the area where I do the most mental warfare is regarding parenting. Mm. Like the the constant, not constant fear, like I'm awake at night. But if I allow my mind to settle on parenting, I'm just like, oh my god, what if I'm screwing up my kids? Right. Like, oh my god, what if you know? Right. Because here's the thing: you don't have a clue what you're doing. No. You literally don't have a clue what you're doing. Nope. I mean, you have more of a clue with, we have more of a clue with Tia and with MJ than we do with Abigail. Like, Abigail's the but first on every level. even how much of a clue, because you don't know what you're doing, how it's going to end yeah, up. Yeah, that's like, true. You know, when your kids are 20 or 30, how much of how they are is because of you and how much of that right. was your parenting? And I, then, I, you know, you compare yourself to the parents you had. Yeah. So, like, my mom invested so much stuff in us which I've actually deliberately chosen to go in an opposite direction. What I mean by that is my mom would invest so much time in taking us to museums and try to instill a love of culture. Roman and graveyards. And all those things. Like, yeah. you know, wouldn't this be fun? And I loathed every single bit of it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I think it's point number five I'm, I'm going to come to. But I've moved in the opposite direction. And even then. Who knows? Who knows? Am we I like know. parenting 
in a reactionary way or an intentional way. But I think that's where you have to do the very best you can and trust that the Holy Spirit's going to take care of the rest. But that's a scary bar. Like, the very best I can? Well, Do you know how much okay. spent, time I spent watching YouTube today that I could have been doing something okay. with the kids? The best you can. <laughs> the be- But again, like, what is the best? Like, I think it's hard because there's no check marks there's no grades there's nothing you can evaluate yourself on right and you and i know because we've spent years with young adults who might have been high achieving the eyes of the world but their parents messed them up because they pushed them so like i don't know i I like jack frost line that you know i stopped saving up for my kids you know university i started saving saving up for their inner inner healing healing. yeah (laughs) and you know uh, we were we had a we had a, a, a therapist come and speak to our staff you know, our all staff last month. Mm. Yeah. And he was just like, hey, guys, even the most well-intentioned parents are still going to screw up their kids. Right. Like, it, you're, it's going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So not, not that that's a license to not care, but it is a license to give yourself some grace. Yeah. And that's where I lie on that one. Okay. Number five. Oh, the, the Number five was all about your kids are a gift. Yeah. Like parenting is a gift. You were talking about that whole thing of like, we've parented all of our kids the same way. Mm. I, I mean, I guess, mm-hmm. right? It's at least the same parents. Mm-hmm. And they've all turned out completely differently. Yes. And I was talking about. Well, they're about, all lovely kids, but yeah, they've all got different personalities. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they're all very different children. Right. And I was thinking about, you know, just what I was commenting on before, like my mom's intentional effort for like, let's go for a family walk. Like my mom was always like, incentivizing and and being intentional with parenting and i'm not sure how much of it worked it certainly didn't work with me like i had a bad reaction because it just felt like being shepherded or managed wait for it there it is ladies and gentlemen can we have us to play back on that one please um Edgy just did the spectacular yawn we're I, a sleepy yawn i am um, i cut it short though that's not going to serve me well because it means i'm gonna <laughs> ah ah Chris, there it is. No, Get that now one. you, now you play back, Chris. Play back. <laughs> now you wait, cursed wait. Here me. it is. <laughs> Stop. Anyway, with like, I think that one of the things I'm most happy about mm. in my parenting, or my approach to parenting, which again I can't even be happy about because I don't know if it's produced good dividends or mm-hmm. not, is the amount of space I've given my kids. As in, I haven't tried to steer my kids into anything. But I've tried to support them where wherever they've entered wandering into. Yeah. Right. So we didn't we didn't get Abby music lessons or singing lessons. Right. We didn't say, hey, you know what would be good for you to do? You should do this. You should do that. But she just ended up loving music and she taught herself this. And as we realized, okay, you've gravitated towards this. You've spent some time here. Let's we'll throw some resources. That, yeah. yeah. So you really like music? Okay. Great. I know how to use Logic. I'll show you how to use Logic and GarageBand. And hey, there's a sale. Let's pick up some microphones. And, you know, I'm trying to feed what I see is interesting to her. Mm. Same with Tia. Like, we weren't like, you know what? You'd be a great artist. Yeah. Tia spends hours just drawing. So let's get you an iPad and an Apple Pencil. And, you know, she figured out how to use Procreate. And, yeah. And MJ, we didn't say, right, MJ, you're going to be a pro gamer. Yeah. But that's what he wants to do, by the way. He wants his own oh, YouTube channel, I and know. he's going to be a pro gamer. Oh, I'm aware. But look at the joy in our kids, and look at the creativity that's come out with them. And I don't think either of us planned that for them. We just created space for them and tried to meet them wherever they were at. And they're a total source of joy. So there's my five yeah. things. All right. Well, hang on, but I also want to say, oh. before I had my own kids, other people's kids were just super annoying. So I just, I did wonder, like, are having your own kids, is it just like more annoying more of the time? But it's not. It's totally joyful having kids. 
I I uh I would say I didn't enjoy other people's children as much as I enjoyed my own. Because there was you definitely had your kids own. that I did like being around, but there was also kids I didn't. Yeah, just kids in general. I was like, oh. um, all right, are you ready for my number one? I'm so ready. So when we uh, when we had babies, mm-hmm. uh, we did Baby Wise. Yes. And the very first chapter of that book, mm-hmm. the guy makes a statement and he says, the best thing you can do for your parenting is to have a great marriage. Really? And that has like stuck in my head. I remember my Aunt Joan and Uncle Paul, they had eight kids, and they still always had a date night on Thursday nights. Right. They just prioritized their marriage because they're like, hey, actually having a stable home where your kids can tell that mommy and daddy love each other mm-hmm. uh, actually goes a long way for all of the parenting stuff. I guess that makes sense, but I would never have thought about that for babies like i could see like childhood development for sure but babies like it well they pick up everything they're yeah, they feeling do. everything yeah. so Limbic it makes resonance. sense yeah. yeah yeah so that was my number one Whoa, that's something oh. you didn't know but now you know yes how does that show up today well i mean i think we have an amazing marriage and i think I the, the kids are they feel safe and confident and you know like there's not any kind of iffiness mm-hmm. about their situation or our home life mm-hmm. or any of that and they I, I'm hoping that they're seeing a healthy marriage and that's going to be what they want. Mm-hmm. I modeled that for MJ today. I, I was teaching them how to French kiss. I was like, hey, watch this. I'm going to make out with your mother. <laughs> you and did. He's, yeah. he's cheering me on. Go, daddy. <laughs> and you were a very willing participant. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, Go strong marriages. So concerning. Number two yep. is the Holy Spirit knows the answers. So there's been so many times, particularly before the kids can actually speak in sentences, where you're like, I have no idea why this child is crying or what is happening right now. Or do Mm -hmm. like, do I take them to the doctors or is this just gas or, you know, like all the, you know, of parenting, especially when they can't tell you Mm -hmm. anything. But the Holy Spirit always knows what's going on. So... Jeff Dollar says it like this. He's like, the Lord's got your kids. Yeah. Because, you know, again, being a parent, there's so much stuff that's unknown. Mm. You know, it's one long game of trust, isn't yeah. it? Like, okay, God, you've 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 got this. Yeah. Right? But even in like, you know, even in, okay, baby is crying. I don't know what's going on. I remember the Lord saying, stop eating broccoli. Like, and I was like, that's random. Like, never thought of that. Wait, with, what now? With, with Abby. I had to stop eating broccoli and she stopped having gas. Like things like that where I was like, I have no idea what, you know, why she's in pain, why she's, you know, kind of, you know, colicky or whatever. And the Holy Spirit be like, you know, don't eat this or do this or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? So it's things like as little as that. Yeah. And, you know, as big as, you know, that form of discipline isn't going to work with this child, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, the Holy Spirit knows the answers. All right, number three. All right, number three. Take it away, baby. Get used to saying the same thing over and over and oh, over for again. the love of all it's holy. <laughs> and it, does, <laughs> it doesn't feel like that stopped, even though the 14, we have a 14-year-old. But we have a new tactic now. Instead we of repeating do. ourselves. Taser. No, oh. not taser, darling. <laughs> We have a new tactic, which yeah. is like, did you hear my answer? Did you understand my answer? 
Yeah. Do you need clarification on the answer? Yeah. Because that will be like, hey, can we do this? No. But what wh- what about this? What about this? Oh, did you hear my answer? Yeah. Did you understand my well, answer? Well, I don't even yeah. mean those kinds of things because that's more like the negotiating things. Oh, you just mean I just, just the general like, practice, like clean your hey, teeth? Hey, brush your teeth. Hey, did you brush your teeth? Hey, you need to brush your teeth. Why am I still telling my 14-year-old they have to brush their teeth? I have no idea. Well, tell them what you what new rulings you instituted this oh, week. if they've forgotten to brush their teeth, I charge them $5 because I'm done. Mommy's done. Mommy's making <laughs> bank. So... They're feeding my latte habit. It's not for like other things. It's for things that are like, you know, duh. Brush your teeth. And we've tried everything. We have checklists that they have to check out and yeah. fill in. Yeah. The, the greatest one, and by greatest one, I yeah. mean the most recent one, an example, is uh, the youth retreat that our kids went on. I don't want to shame my kids, but let's just say some of the children in my household <laughs> were going on a youth retreat. We're not saying which ones. And our youth leaders, who are brilliant, sent out a color-coded checklist of what they'd need. I mean, it was perfect. Like, yeah. it, you know, from from the administration and anticipation yeah. perspective, perfect. excellent. From the execution. And I even I printed out a copy. I sent PDFs to the kids electronically. Yes. And I printed out stuff so they could check them off. Yeah. And I had the foolishness to ask them, have you followed the checklist? To which, theoretically, the children replied yes. And perhaps theoretically, I said, well, let's check that. And they hadn't. And I yes. don't believe they were lying to me. I think Theoretically, they they had. one of them maintains that she did, but stuff must have just fallen out of her bag. <laughs> so, like, parents who are more experienced than us, yeah. help us with that one. Yeah. because. Yeah. So you didn't think that you would have to say things some, over and over again? No, not as many times. No. Like, No. The writing was kind of on the wall, though, because one of the things that has amazed me in leading people. Yes. In leading a school. In young adults. Young adults specifically. As a general rule of thumb, question mark, people don't listen. Yeah. You you repeat yourself all day long. It's, it's, It's what pastoring feels like. It's just parenting older people. Like, it's video announcements emails spoken word like you've you try to hit the you know the auditory visual and still people go oh, i didn't know that event was happening right <laughs> or i didn't know it was due today yeah and i don't think people are lying i think i, I don't know what it is and i'm like i you know it feels like that affects everybody except a very small pop part of the population yeah yeah all so right. maybe that starts in with children. Anyway, parents out there who know how to fix that, please let us know. My number four, uh, you already covered. No, but tell me. I want to hear your so perspective. So it was just, you will make mistakes and just get good at apologizing when you do. Basically, kids are resilient. Mm-hmm. But own your like own when you've made a mistake or you've snapped at them or you've missed their hearts in something. And that makes you a safe person to come to. I think with their al- also modeling that as grown-ups as well. Mm. Like times when we have, you know, either disrespected one another or mm. been short with one another and the kids have seen it. Like going we apologize and in that. front of them. Yeah, yeah. and apologizing that. Yeah. We, uh, it's not like we deliberately made a decision to not argue or to argue in front of the kids. I think we just try and live our life out loud anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, otherwise you end up with this weird uh, fraudulent versions of yourself yeah and you know your your kids are going to pick up whatever you're trying to hide anyway yeah right yeah 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 okay number five well kids love to laugh wait did you just make that up off the no top of your head? look kids love to laugh 
kids love to laugh. Like I was just thinking, like, well, that, you didn't know that about well, parenting. Please remember my testimony. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, That's right. so like obviously, we're uh, uh, my heart's desire is that my testimony is not my children's, and mm-hmm. and it it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. But I think I'm often I'm aware that I don't have a silliness gene. Like I don't tend to go for silly. But when you You're like, welcome. You lift up your shirt gift. and shake your tummy and <laughs> dance around the kitchen with them and all that kind of stuff. Ranch I mean my nipples. They <laughs> one day at the dinner table. He decided to lift up his shirt and rub ranch on his nipples. I don't even remember why. But oh my gosh. I have no idea why. They literally fell out of their chairs laughing. They were laughing so hard. I forget the Um, point I was trying to illustrate, but it was overshadowed by the fact that I had ranch on my nipples. It was so funny. But just like, hey, actually laughter goes a long way. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like. And I was thinking that tonight, like, I can't remember what they were all like guffawing about tonight, but um, I can't, you came in and did something. Uh, I don't know. You like often do stuff like put your shirt over their faces while they're sitting at the table and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's called suffocation. (laughs) But just, you know, like, I think, I don't know. Like, I think, oh, yeah. Like, I. What does it do for your heart as a mother watching your kids just bellyache with that? I love it. And, and, you know that this isn't what this list is about but it's a total turn on when your kids are like having fun with their dad <laughs> i think dad you're so sexy you're such a great dad okay, you gotta stop hitting the table because <laughs> okay. it reverberates in the microphone but you do have to keep talking about how i'm sexy we went from ranch to nipples to sexy. <laughs> okay that was not sexy <laughs> not the ranch nipples so you watching me make the kids laugh yes makes you want to jump me yeah Okay, we should do a <laughs> five things we didn't know about each other. <laughs> what? Yeah, anyway, that that could be for a di- whole di- that might different be terrifying. podcast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. T- parenting. It's been a wild ride. It's been great. It's been an absolute wild ride. Yeah. Uh, on the topic of kids parenting. Yeah. Uh, I've got a listener's question for you. Oh. This one is from Jesse. Hi, Jesse. I have a question about the listener's question regarding Halloween at the end of your kindness episode. We don't participate in anything to do with Halloween, but now that both kids are in school and there's a Halloween party, we're not sure what to do with that. How have you handled your kids' school parties? Do you keep them home from school that day, let them dress up just for the school party? What do you do? We have... So, the school that my kids are at now, like the elementary school yep. doesn't allow celebrating halloween yep so there are no halloween parties so they do fall themed parties no they don't even they yeah, don't they do. they do like they don't do parties per se but they do like they do fall themed yeah exercises things. and stuff yeah like that. but they don't do like ghost stories and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff the previous school that we were at before this one they did do halloween parties and so we just let the teachers know, like, hey, we actually, as a family, we don't celebrate Halloween. So we would, yeah, keep them home on Halloween if Halloween was Did uh, we do that? Week. Yeah, we did. That. We did? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is why AJ is good at answering these questions. And we just tried to make it like a special thing. Like, I took the girls out for lunch or But also now whatever. that they're older, I don't even know what they're doing at Abbey School, but now that they're older, if there's things happening around that, yeah, we, you know, they, 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 they know, know why we don't automatically, celebrate it. Yeah. yeah. And they've, they've kind of got a value for that. Yeah. Again, what we found with our kids is all they wanted was the chocolate. 
Yeah, so we buy them a bag of whatever their favorite chocolate is. and Here's the thing that I want to <laughs> encourage is that don't be religious about the things you're being religious about. And what I mean by that is we're, we've made a stand on the ground that we're not going to celebrate Halloween. Yes. But we're not super religious about it. As in, it's not like a taboo topic. We don't not talk about it in the house. Right. You know, we've taught the kids to self-censor. If there's TV shows that they like and it happens to be a Halloween episode, they automatically skip it. But we've, we've like, our value is not don't celebrate Halloween. Our value is, isn't God good? Yes. Like, we've majored yeah. on God is good. And, you know, the, the other thing... It, it's just, it's not a major focus of our life, not celebrating Halloween. Yes. Is that right? I concur. All right. If you want the show notes for this week's episode, go to alanandaj.com slash 257. <laughs> if you want to ask us a question, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. ask. Just a quick reminder that in a couple of days, the Boundaries Masterclass and the Boundaries Academy, applications for those and uh, enrollment in those will be closing Wednesday, October 27th. Anything else, Jones? I think that's it. Then we pray that you have an amazing week. And we'll be back same time, same place next week. Yep. See you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee. They are just like you and me. Alan and AJ. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God. And everything under the sun. If you are a human being There's something here for everyone